If that truth doesn't get your heart ready to hear from the word, I don't know what will. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Um, how many of you are Braves fans? Braves fans, right? Yeah, good. How many of you are Reds fans? Reds? Yeah. I'm a Reds fan. So tonight, today, I forget what time they play. It's really the championship, right? Because we won, meaning the Reds, right? We won the first one, right? The second one, we didn't win it. And we're, we're going to see who's the better ball team today. Oh, so I better be done. Is that what you're saying? I better be done by 110. Let's see. It takes me, yeah, right. Okay, so I, I've got that message. <laughs> I've got that message. Good, good. Um, <clears throat> I uh, have a friend of mine that um, bought some facial cream, and on the facial cream it says it turns back aging. Right? So, of course, it's a lady, because I don't really go out with guy friends that use that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's not my, not my thing. So, so it turns about aging, and um, she was complaining because she had broke out in acne as a result of using the cream. So, whereas I felt bad for her with that, I did think it was funny that it actually did what it said it was... It turned back aging, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I have to explain to people, the way my mind works is I can feel for somebody, but at the same time, think it's funny. And those two things are not connected. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can laugh, but at the same time, feel. So, nonetheless, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, she had an acne breakout because of the creep. I thought that was hilarious. Okay. Well, um, as you know, as you know, um, or maybe you don't. If you're visiting with us today for the first time, my name is Philip. I'm the pastor here, and uh, glad that you're with us. But I am a fan of Peanuts, the Peanuts comic strip. <clears throat> and I literally have every strip that was ever published um, in, in my house in a collection. Um, in fact, some of them are doubled up, actually. Uh, they came out recently with... Uh, some calendars, some daily calendars, and for the past three years I've been doing this, that actually put the daily strips in color. So, of course I'd want to see them in color, right? Of course I, of course I did that. So I'm a big Pennington's fan, and if you know anything about Charlie Brown, he's very wishy-washy. Like, that's a common theme throughout his comics. He's very wishy-washy. Uh, he has responsibilities that he's wishy-washy with. He has decisions that he's wishy-washy with. He has other things in his life that he's just absolutely wishy-washy with. In fact, he likes this little redhead girl that he will never talk to. He'll, he'll never ask her to eat with him at lunch and stuff because he's very wishy-washy with the whole thing. And so to start this sermon today, I just wanted to give you kind of three comics. Okay, three comics. And here's the first one. Next year, I'm going to be a changed person. That's a laugh, Charlie Brown. I mean it. I'm going to be strong and firm. Forget it. You'll always be wishy-washy. Why can't I change this a little bit? I'll be wishy one day and washy the next. <laughs> awesome. Here's another one. I shouldn't be here. One, please. I should get out of line and go home. I feel guilty about going to the show today. I should be home helping my mother. 
I have schoolwork to do. I have a book report to write and about 10 pages of arithmetic. I really shouldn't be going to the show. I feel awfully guilty about it. I should go home. I can't really enjoy a show when I feel guilty about going to it. I should just get out of line and go home. One, please. <laughs> Good old wishy-washy Charlie Brown, right? He has these responsibilities. He just goes to the show and, and kind of negates his responsibilities, feel guilty while he's there. But, but there you go. And then here's, here's one of my favorite, favorite comics. It, it just tickles me every time that I read this one. And here's, here it is. I just had a terrible thought. What if I finally met that little redhead girl, and what if she really likes me? But what if it turns out that I don't like her as much as I thought I was going to? How could I tell her? How could I break up with her? How could I leave her? You're worried about leaving someone you haven't even met? Hopeless, completely hopeless. And then the last screen Maybe I could leave her now and meet her later. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So with that in mind, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And I want to home in on Matthew chapter 5 verse 37. Where I want to start today. And this is what it says Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything else more than this comes from evil. Jesus is saying, don't be wishy-washy. Don't be wishy-washy. Make a decision. Just make a decision. Yes or no. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? Quit being wishy-washy. That's what he's saying. Make your yeses yes and your noes noes. Listen, wishy-washy people are somewhat irritating. Aren't, aren't they? Yeah? Yeah? If you think that they're not, you might be wishy-washy. <laughs> you might be. I'm just having a little fun here. I don't know that for sure. But wishy-washy people, they will make a decision and then doubt that decision and make a different decision. And then they'll doubt this decision and they'll make a different decision. And they'll doubt this decision and make a different decision. And before too long, they're a long way away from what they really should be doing. It's just very... Just make a decision and stick to it. And if it's a failure, say this, it was a failure. So now I'm going to make another decision and this decision will be better. See, if you stick to a decision that you made and it was an awful decision, own it. That was a terrible decision. I shouldn't have made that decision and then make a new decision as a result of what you learned from your failed decision. Wishy-washiness never gets you anywhere. In fact, Jesus will come back in Revelation and he will say, I do not like lukewarm believers. 
He will say the ones that just can't do anything, can't grab a hold of a purpose, negate their responsibilities, are always just wishy-washy, just not doing anything. He says that I like to spew those people out of my mouth. He says that I would rather you be hot than or cold. Because hot water is useful and cold water is useful, but lukewarm water is awful, absolutely awful. We have some of that lukewarm water in our garage that hasn't made it into the refrigerator, right? Do, you, do y'all have, I'm not going to get into that. We just have that, lukewarm water. It is nasty water. You want it either cold or hot because that's useful. And Jesus is saying here, let your, make a decision, stick to the decision, and go from that decision. Don't be wishy-washy, okay? So before this, he says a couple other things, though. So if you look at verse 33, it says this. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Now, another way you can interpret that particular Greek word swear is make an oath. So you can read this verse, you shall not make an oath falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have promised, is how you can translate that as well. Swearing works just as well. It it does mean that, but nonetheless, it's an oath sort of thing. So the first question is, where in Scripture have they heard this from? Like, where have they heard this from? That you you, um, shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Well, it's in the great book of Leviticus, right? One of my favorite books in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 12 says, You shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of God, I am the Lord. So what this verse is saying is, if you make a promise and use the Lord's word as an oath, or the Lord as an oath, that is a promise that you're supposed to keep. Don't do that and not expect to keep that promise. Don't swear by God's name, don't make an oath by God's name, and then and then decide later on to back out about it. That's what it's saying not to do. Another place in um, the Old Testament is Deuteronomy. Um, I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 30, verse 2, that says, If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. So Jesus is saying, you have heard that when you make a promise and you attach it to God, make an oath by God, that is something that you should keep. Do not do that falsely. But Jesus continues in this little instruction in the very next verse. And he says, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it's the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is a footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. So you get to this point, and Jesus is saying, don't make oaths at all. Well, does he mean, what does he mean? Does he mean all oaths in general, like quit doing this at all, like don't do this at all? Or does he mean something else? So you start to think through Scripture. You start to think, okay, is there any other place in Scripture where people have made oaths according to God's name? And the answer to that question is yes. So the next question is, is it just in the Old Testament and Jesus is changing something here? Well, the answer to that question is, there are oaths in the New Testament. Paul makes oaths. Believe it or not, Jesus Christ makes an oath to you. And in Revelation chapter 10, there is an angel 
that swears by the God of heaven that what he's about to say is true. So he is making an oath. So what in the world is Jesus talking about here? He's definitely not talking about you should never do it. But he might be talking about not doing it so often. Or or maybe he's talking about something a little different than even that. Okay? So, So what would that be? Well, it seems that people in Jesus' day were just making oaths just frivolously. They were doing it all the time. And in order not to disobey the scriptures that I've showed you, Leviticus, in this Numbers passage, in order not to disobey it, in order not, in order not to swear falsely, they would not swear by God's name. They would swear by other, other things. They would make an oath by other things. So things that were more common to them. So they would swear by heaven. They would swear by earth. They would make an oath by Jerusalem, the city. And they would make an oath by the hair on their head. It would be the equivalent to us making oaths like, I swear on my mother's grave. You ever heard that before? On my mother's grave, I will definitely do this. Or or some other type of oath that we do. And Jesus is saying... Don't do that. Don't do that. You're making these oaths just flippantly. You're making them on something that, that you're, not, you're not really serious about keeping your word anyway, and you're making these oaths on this stuff so that you have a back-out plan just in case you don't want to keep it. That's what he's saying. So he addresses some of the common uh, sayings of the day, and he says, But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it's the throne of God. So here he says... You think that because you've made an oath according to heaven, that you're not making it, that it's not equivalent to make it one with God himself, but it is because heaven is the throne of God. It's connected to God. So when you make an oath according to heaven, you're actually making one to the equivalent of God. Does this make sense? And then he goes on. Very next one. Or by earth, for it is his footstool. So he's saying, even when you do it on the ground, anything in the world, like the ground, your mama's grave, whatever you decide to do, your Star Wars collection, whatever you decide to do, right? Whatever you decide to make an oath by on your mama's life, on your children, on your house, on whatever, he's saying that that's also connected to God. The equivalent of that is that you are making a promise with God as your witness because he created the earth. And it continues, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. He's saying you're making uh, oaths by Jerusalem. Well, that's Christ's city. So when you do that, you're actually swearing by God himself. And then it gets to this little thing in verse 36, and do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. And I I know we have women in the room. I, I know we do. And maybe your first thought was my first thought, well, it wasn't really my first thought. It was kind of my second thought. But nonetheless, it might have been your first thought because you're like, yeah, I can. I can change the color of my hair. Right? You can, and, you, and you can't. I've seen this happen. Like, I go to get my hair cut at a particular place. I've known the guy for a very long time. And when I'm there, there are women with receptors <laughs> in their hair. Like, they're trying to get TV. You know, you used to wrap, like... 
aluminum foil on the TV, and they have all that in their hair. And what happens before they stick that on is they paint, like he paints the color onto the hair, and then he, I don't know how he does it. I just watch him, and then, you know, we have like aliens coming out. Maybe these women are trying to get better reception on their food. I don't know. But nonetheless, they're changing the hair. And you might say, well, I can change the, the color of my hair. And I'm here to tell you, you can't. You can for a temporary amount of time, but you're going to have to go back and recolor it again because whatever color you're covering up is going to come back. For instance, if it's gray, hate to break it to you, that gray hair is still in your head. It's going to grow back, and you're going to have to go back and get that colored again. If it's black, if it's brown, if it's blonde, whatever color it is, that natural color is coming back to you. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't color your hair. I, I think it's great that, that women color their hair and make themselves beautiful. I'm glad that they do that. But nonetheless, it, to me, I think it's a great thing. But, but G, he's saying if you swear by the hair on your head, now, just looking around the room, some of you shouldn't do that because you don't have any hair on your head. Just, look, I'm getting thinner, so I feel like I could joke about it because I'm getting thinner and I, you, know, you don't want to know that. But nonetheless, um, it, swear. So who would swear by the hair on their head? And what Jesus is saying is even if you swear by the hair on your head, it is God that gave you that color. It is God that created that. It is the equivalent swearing by his name. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. You just need to stop doing it. You're being very reckless with it. You're making statements that you're not going to keep, and it's just not a good thing. And once we are at this point, this is when we know what Jesus is really saying, and here it is. Jesus is telling his followers that he wants them to be people of integrity where their words count without an oath. That the words that a Christian says is just as good without the oath, in fact, is better without the oath, in fact, doesn't even need the oath at all because the word is good. And I'm telling you this morning, we need Christians that are people of integrity that keep their word. And when they say yes and make a commitment, they're going to keep it. And when they make a decision of no, they're going to keep that as well. They are people of character. And what they say, you know, they will do and they will accomplish. That's what Jesus is saying. So the question right up front is, are you a person of integrity that means what you say and says what you mean? And you don't back off from that. <clears throat> so a few things. Just a few things, okay? First, words, strong words call into question basic truthfulness. Now listen, I wanted to mold that a little bit differently. I couldn't get it to the place that I wanted it, like a crisp little, you know, saying that you could take home, but, but I needed to say that. Strong words call into question basic truthfulness. Now let me <clears throat> explain to you what I mean by that, Okay? A couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you remember this, and it might not have been this service. It might have been the other service. Sometimes it's a blur. I think it was the 930 service. But let me tell you what happened. I got into the habit of, of during a sermon saying, honestly, let me tell you this. Right? And I would say, honestly, let me tell you this. 
And during one of the sermons just a couple of weeks ago, I stopped myself right in the middle of it and said, look, I need to quit saying honestly with a statement after it, because when I do that, that means everything else that I just said was a lie. I wasn't being honest with you right then, but right now I'm being honest with you. But back here, I'm not being honest with you, but right here, I'm being honest with you. And when you make an oath, when you have to make an oath with a promise, or when I say I'm I'm going to be honest with you right now, that means that you haven't been honest, and it means that you're not a person of integrity, and you need an oath in order to convince people that you will keep your word. So Jesus says, don't do that. You don't need an oath to keep your word. You just need to keep your word. So that brings a couple of stuff in my mind as a question. Like, well, what about wedding vows? Like, should we just nix those? Like, let's just get rid of those. Well, the answer to that question is no. Because you need to make a commitment between that person and God that you're going to stay with them. So, so no, that's not a part of this. And I already demonstrated that angels do oaths, and Paul does oaths, and Jesus does oaths. And actually, God the Father has made oaths to us. Way back in the Old Testament, he made an oath to Abraham that he would be a great nation. He also made a promise according to himself, God the Father did, that he would send his son into the world to, to save our souls. And he did that. So, so it's not everything like that, but it is just the common day, every day, yes and no, the way we interact with each other. We just need to be people that don't do the little honestly thing or, or can I be real with you? Have you ever heard that one before? Can I be real with you? Well, were you not real with me before? So you were being political, before, and now you're being real. Maybe, maybe the better thing to say, just, just an option I'm thinking about, because I'm trying to work through this as well, is let me tell you the raw truth without any filter. Like, I'm telling you the truth. I don't have time to filter this right now, but just for a few moments, just, just don't get emotionally involved and just let me just speak, right, just in a raw fashion, and then you just speak the truth in a raw fashion. Does this make sense? So, so um, the last one I want to bring up is uh, some people say, trust me. And let me tell you, every time someone tells me to trust them, I don't. I, I just can't do it. Because generally speaking, when people tell me to trust them, I can't trust them. Like this is not going to be accomplished and I'm watching my back. Have you had that experience too? So don't say trust me, just say I'm going to do it and just, just do it. So, yeah, be careful with these strong words. Honestly, trust, I'm making an oath. Because what you're actually doing is you're negating the truthfulness of everything else that you said. And you and I need to live in such a way that everything that we say is truth and we're going to, we're going to try to accomplish it. And we are just people of integrity. Here's the second thing. <clears throat> Think before you speak. This is very difficult to do sometimes, right? So I'm not talking in terms of arguments. That's another sermon altogether. I'm talking in, in these sort of terms. How many people in this room <clears throat> just really love to help people? Raise your hand. Just really love to help people, All right? There's some people in the room. There's some people didn't, so maybe I'll preach on that next week. <laughs> 
trying to get that, that stirred. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just having a little fun. I'm just having a little fun. But yeah, I, I like to help people. And, and what is, it's kind of a strength, but it's also a weakness of mine, is not only do I like to help people, I like to fix things. Like, I, I like to fix things, too. And so what often happens is someone will come up to me and they'll say that they have a need and they'll need my help with it. And because I like to help people and because I like to fix things, I don't think before I say, yes, I will help you with that. You ever have that problem? Like you say, yes, I want to help you with that because it comes from a desire to really help people and really fix things and you feel like you really can And you play this forward a couple of days and I haven't really had time to really help them out like I should have. I hadn't had time to really help them with their particular issue. And so I've really said yes to something that I really don't have the physical capacity to do because I'm doing other stuff as well. Does this make sense? And then you start thinking that you don't care. Do you ever do that? you ever think you don't care because you're not helping this person and stuff like that? But actually, what I should have done in the moment is I should have thought a few moments and said, no, I can't help you, but I can point you in a direction of someone who can. Because when you say no like that, you are still helping them, but you're not going to be the one that fixes it in the moment. So for me, I have to get over this desire of helping people and fixing everybody that I come in contact with. I have to get over that and have to have the the tenacity to say, no, what would be better is for you to have someone else help you with this particular issue. I'll pray for you, but I, can, I, can, I don't have the time because I'm just one person. Does this make sense? Sometimes this happens um, when, you, when I've, I've made a promise, like I've made a promise. Now, now hold, on to, hold, on, hold on to your seats here. I'm just, I'm being real and honest. Oh, come on, that was funny. I thought it was. First service did too. Okay, so, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm being really not, but, but really what happens is like I would make a um, promise to Quinn that we would go see a movie on Saturday afternoon. The movie starts at 2.50. I get a phone call from someone that is having a, an issue, right? And they would like to see me that afternoon. It's in that moment that because I've made a promise to my son to go see a movie, even though that doesn't help them with their particular issue, that I say, no, I can't come see you this afternoon, but I can come see you this evening. I've made a promise and a commitment that I have to keep to my son. Now, if you're sitting in this room thinking that the promise to my son is less than trying to help people out, you're dead wrong. I made a promise to my son. It's the same thing when I make a promise to my wife or I make a promise to Nicole. You try, I mean, to Aurora, you try your best to keep those promises. But man, it's amazing how timing happens when you make a promise like that and something comes up to take you away from keeping your promise. And so you have to have the tenacity to say, no, I can't do that right now. I need to do this, but I can come later. So you think through your schedule. So think before you commit. Think before you say yes. Think before you say no. And here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. Do not make commitments with a backup plan in place. 
That's what these people were doing. They were making commitments with the backup plan in place. I swear on heaven, but it wasn't on God, so I can back out of it if I need to. Don't make a commitment with the backup plan in place. Um, I have an issue with salesmen. It is not that I don't like them. It's that when they come to my house or come to me in a store or come up to me in Lowe's Food and they begin to try to sell me something, I just want to tell them yes, right? I just want to tell them yes. It's not every salesman. Like if I don't like the salesman, if they're ugly to me or they're arrogant, I have no problem saying, look, I don't have time for you, right? But if they're nice, which a good salesman is always nice, right? A good salesman, they'll come up to you. And so salesmen, there's a certain type of salesman that's all about them and all about who they are, and they're trying to get a yes from you. And so they'll do anything to get a yes from you. I have difficulty with those people. And so to get rid of them sometimes, I will say yes with a backup plan. I will say yes so that they will shut up. Oh, I may or may not give them my phone number, but if they do, if I do, <clears throat> they'll call me on the phone a couple of days later, and I will say these words. Yeah, I checked my budget. I'm just not going to be able to do it. Because on the phone, it's easier for me to do it than when I'm in front of them, right? And so, so I've had this little habit where I would say yes just to get them to shut up, knowing that they're going to call me later, and I'm just going to back out of it. I'm going to come up with a reason to back out of it, right? That's just the way it is. I'm just... I'm just being honest with you right now. Very honest, very honest, yeah. So that is, not, that is not really what you're supposed to do. It's not really you're supposed to do. I should be a person of integrity that when that salesman is in front of me, I just said, look, I'm, I'm not going to do this, and you need to go to someone else where you can make a sale. That's what I need to say. In that moment, instead of saying yes and then get their hopes up and then say no later, because this is what Jesus is saying. Let your yes be yes and your no be no and tell this person no so that they can get on with their life. See, I feel too much for the individual. For some reason, the stranger that's trying to sell me soap from Africa, that's a true story because I've been on a cruise. It's amazing what they'll try to sell you, right? I feel bad for them for some reason. It's just an odd thing, but I really need to just say no. So you don't make a commitment with a backup plan in place. So this got me thinking about different types of yeses. Did you know that there's different types of yeses? Different types of yeses. There are. Let me give you a couple. First, there's an escape yes. I just demonstrated that. The escape yes. I need them to shut up, and I need to escape this person so I can tell them no later. That's an escape yes. That is not a good yes. Then there's what I call an everyday yes. An everyday yes would be, is the sun shining outside? Yes, it is. Did you drive here in a car? Yes, I did. Are you married to Nicole? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Are you standing on stage right now? Yes. So you're just saying yes to basic information is what you're doing, just an everyday yes. And then the third type of yes is a commitment yes. It's a yes that says, I'm going to do this, and there might be a contract involved, 
It might be um, a project involved. It might be helping people involved. But you just said yes, and you've just made a commitment to be with that person and do whatever it is that they have asked you to do. It's a commitment yes. So three, three types of yeses. We need to make sure that at least the second and third one we do, and our yeses are yeses and our noes are noes, period. That when we make a commitment, we actually keep it. So that brings us to no's, because it started thinking about no's. <clears throat> what type of no's are there? And the first thing I want to say about no is this. No is not the opposite of yes. No is not the opposite of yes. It's not. No's different, okay? Um, no is very beneficial, actually. And here's a couple of things. It benefits from no's. No gives you a feeling of safety, security, and control. See, sometimes when you say yes, you're no longer in control. You've given someone else control of your particular situation. But a no actually keeps you in control of that particular situation. It's not that you should never say yes. That's not what I'm saying. But a no helps you... Be secure, in control, and kind of think through some things. Here's the second thing. No moves efforts forward. A no does. See, when you say no to somebody, you can't help them, and you send them to someone else, you're actually enabling them to move forward and get in the, to get the help that they need. Does that make sense? You can't help them. It's going to be weeks before you can get back to them. So just say no so that they can move things forward. When it comes to volunteering in the church, and I hate to say this because we need volunteers, and I really want you to say yes. And I want you to say yes without us calling you back and say no later because something come up. I, I just want you to say yes, so not saying that. But sometimes in church world, like when we're asking for people to serve God and someone says, no, I can't do that, it actually helps us out because we no longer wait on this individual to say yes they said no, so we can move on and try to get someone else to fill that position. Does that make sense? Sometimes no is a time saver, and it actually moves efforts forward. No creates tension. And tension is sometimes really good. Tension is. The tension of no, especially if it's someone that tells you no that usually says yes, you're like, oh my goodness, why did they say no that time? And there's a tension there. And it might be because they just don't have time and they had the tenacity to say no, and I respect that a lot. Love no, no is freeing. But then it starts creating a tension and, and you try to figure out things and, and go for things. So no is very healthy in that particular regard. No allows real issues to be brought to the front. No. Well, why? Why are you saying no? Well, this is why I can't do it. So real issues come to the, to the front as a result of no. No can mean these things. First, I'm not ready to agree with you. No, I'm not ready to agree with you. Second, you're making me feel uncomfortable. Sometimes a no is that way, right? No, I don't want this because you're making me feel uncomfortable. Uh, no, I don't understand what you're saying. No, I don't think I can afford it. No, I want something else. No, I need more information. No, I want to talk it over with someone else or think it over. No leaves possibilities open. 
You see, it is easier to change a no to a yes than it is to change a yes to a no. Right? It is easier to do that. And if you are going to make the mistake of not thinking before you commit, always say no. If you are pushed in a corner and you're pushed to make a decision, always say no, because you can always go back on a no. Always go back on a no and keep your integrity. Well, you know, I said no, but I've thought about it a little bit and I really want to do it. You can go back on that. The yes, when you go back from a yes to a no, that is, that's when you lose some integrity because you've made a promise now that you're not keeping. Does this make sense? Is everybody with me? So Jesus says, make sure your yeses are yes and your nos are nos. Yeah. Solid list. Yes. So to wrap this up, a couple months ago, <clears throat> I was at a family gathering. It was actually a funeral. I was at a family gathering. And um, one of my little cousins, like a third cousin down the road, because I'm, I'm in that era, era of life now, I guess. I'm a third cousin. Came up, and I'm going to just say a different aunt name, so this is not going to be a true aunt name. It's a little kid probably four years old, walked up to Aunt Betsy and said, my dad says you're a pickle, but you don't look like one. <laughs> Children are always listening to what you're saying, okay? So let's do one step above that. God, the Father, is also listening to everything that you say. Everything that you say. So everything that we say should be with the mindset that God is listening to us say it. When you have that mindset, at least for me, it helps me mean what I say and say what I mean. Because scripture is very clear in Matthew chapter 12. We will take account for every idle word that we speak. Every idle yes, every idle no, every idle commitment, every time we've done, did a promise and we didn't keep it, we will give an account one day to God for that. Are we covered by the grace of God? Are we going to get into heaven? Absolutely. But Jesus says he's going to hold us accountable for every idle word. So it is very important for us to make sure that when we make a commitment, when we say yes, when we say no, that we mean what we say. And we're not just looking for a way out or a way to get out of it. We need to be people of integrity. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the stage you've given us. Thank you for this passage of Scripture. Thank you for this reminder that integrity is is not just how we act, but also how we speak. And I just, I just believe this. I believe that everybody in this room desires to be people of integrity that honor you. I believe that because they're here this morning and they are looking for something, something from your word. And I also believe that people want to keep their promises in this room. So Father, I pray that you'll help us do that by the power of your Holy Spirit. If there's anybody in this room that has broken promises, that 
Maybe they can go today and apologize for those and then just make a commitment to you to keep promises from this day on. That they'll change. That they'll work on it. And as they try to change and as they try to work on it, I pray, Father, that you will give them the power to do just that. And so, Father, we leave this at your feet, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna stand and sing this final number. I'm here to pray with you. If you